This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Speaking of acceleration, how do today's best leaders accelerate business results? According to my guest today, it's by engaging their employees to execute on strategy, vision, and values. My guest today is Chester Elton. Chester helps clients accelerate business results in this manner. His work is supported by research with more than a million working adults across the globe revealing the proven secrets behind high-performance cultures and teams. Chester is the author of multiple award-winning number one New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling books. All in, The Carrot Principle, and the one we'll discuss today, Leading with Gratitude. Chester's books have been translated into over 30 languages, and he sold more than 1.5 million copies. You no doubt have seen Chester on NBC's Today Show, CBS's 60 Minutes, and he's often quoted in Fast Company, Newsweek, and the Wall Street Journal. Global Gurus ranks Chester as one of the world's top leadership experts number four to be specific, and Global Gurus ranks Chester as one of the world's top organizational culture experts, number two to be specific there. He's ranked as one of the top global employee engagement influencers, one of the top HR influencers, and he's a member of Marshall Goldsmith's MG100 Global Coaches. He's an amazing man. And that's why I wanted to talk to Chester Elton today. Chester, welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Well, thank you very much, Eddie. My, my mom couldn't have done a better job introducing me there. You were, you were phenomenal. <laughs> thank you for being so gracious. <laughs> well, Chester, I mean, you really are a phenomenal man. I mean, in writing on paper, a person can learn so much about you. And if they see your online presence, but I've had the honor of meeting you in person 
you and I are part of the MG100, and I got a chance to meet you at the first annual meeting of the MG100. And you are just a ball of fire and truly one of the nicest people I met the entire time uh, we were at that event. Tell us a little bit more about you and what I may have missed. Well, you're very kind. You know, that whole MG100 group, uh, everybody you meet is nicer than the last person you met. You know, it really is a phenomenal group. <laughs> I, I love that Marshall calls it the MG100 because it's like the the uh, 12 teams in the Big Ten. You know, there's actually like 180 people in the MG100. You know, I I love the intro and I and the accolades and with my partner, Adrian Gostick, we've really been fortunate. We've worked very hard and we've We've, we've won certain awards and certain accolades. I think more than anything, what I'm really proud of is I, I have four exceptional children that have uh, all the more exceptional because they've grown up and left home now, right? They've, they're out of the nest. And, you know, they're, they're really happy and engaged kids. And uh, my wife, Heidi, uh, we will celebrate 37 years of marital bliss this year. Wow. I, Congratulations. I think, yeah, thanks. And uh, my father had a great sense of humor. He'd say, you know, Chess, the thing that you and I both have in common because we both married way above our state, <laughs> uh, which is true. I, I honestly believe in the in the old philosophy that uh, no no success in business can compensate for failure in your home. Wow. So I'm really proud of the fact that you know I have four older brothers. I grew up in a ridiculously happy home, and I've got four kids that are just great. They're three are married, and they're all starting their own families, engaged, happy, and you know, knock on wood. Uh, making a difference in the world. So that's really what I'm most proud of. No success in business can replace not having a happy home. Yeah, no success in business can compensate for failure in the home. I, I just love that. for failure yeah. in the home. I love that quote. Thank you. That is so, so true. Well, you are full of nuggets of wisdom, as uh, anyone who reads your books will soon discover. And apparently, a couple million people have already discovered that from what I read. <laughs> so just, man, amazing. And uh, you have five, not just one. I'd be happy with one that has uh, reached the level of success you've had. But you've had five such books. And now you are releasing a new book, Leading with Gratitude. What motivated you to write this book? You know, it's, it's a great story. It actually ties very closely to Marshall Goldsmith. In fact, without Marshall, we wouldn't have this book. You know, Marshall is such a gracious uh, leader and, 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 you know, he's just always coaching you up and wanting you to be better. Well, with the MG100 group, he published a book called Work is Love Made Visible. You might remember that book. It, it was a compilation of essays from various leaders and he sent it to me and said, hey, you've got a pretty big following on LinkedIn. Would you help me promote the book? And I said, of course, happy to do it. And uh, sent me the book and we did the blurbs and did the online promotions. I think we did a couple of videos and so on. And he called me and said, hey, what do you think of the book? And I said, you know, Marshall, I love the book. And I love that I had gotten to meet some of the authors and, and, and knew the group. I said, I, I am surprised, though, that you didn't have a, an essay on gratitude because it's so much of what you do as a coach. You know, you, you uh, solicit that feed forward, you get people to give you that coaching. And of course you never get defensive. The, the only appropriate answer is to say thank you because that feed forward is, is helping you to get better. And, and he said, you know, you're right. There should have been a, an essay on, on, on gratitude. He says, well, you know what? Look, 
you're the apostle of appreciation. I'm the world's greatest executive coach. We should write a book on gratitude. <laughs> so I start laughing. I go, well, you know, are you serious? Because, you know, we hadn't planned on writing a book or another book anytime soon. And he goes, seriously, I, I think we should do this. And I said, well, you know, we got to bring in Adrian. Adrian's, you know, my partner and a brilliant writer. And that's going to be key when you write a book to have a writer. <laughs> so we got to get Adrian involved. And he goes, that's great. He says, well, how do you want to do it. I said, well, we'll have Marshall Goldsmith with Goskin Elton. And the, the working title was The Art of Gratitude. And then we later changed it to Leading with Gratitude. He goes, oh, I love this. And he gets I love the title. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, right? There's no mystery there. So we, we started to ideate on it. We had, the more calls we had, the more excited we all got. And then he called me and he said, hey, uh, I've got a book coming out. And uh, my agent uh, doesn't want me to be the lead author. So do you mind if we do Goskin Elton with Marshall Goldsmith. I said, look, Marshall, you know, the book is kind of, you know, your idea and any way you want to be represented is fine with us. Goes, oh, you guys are great. Just do it that way. So then we, we put out the bids to all the uh, publishers. And, and of course, part of the pitch is, you know, we're going to have Marshall as part of the book and all that that brings with it. And, so mm -hmm. and then uh, after about three weeks and, and people were starting to get interested and we were about to go to bed, and we were about to do the, you know, the road show, the dog and pony. He says, ah, guys, he goes, look, I, I feel really bad. Uh, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't be an author on the book. I said, oh, really? Why? He says, well, you know, my, I've got this other book. My agent doesn't want me. Look, I'll write the foreword. And he's written a beautiful foreword that I'd love to share with your listeners. If you want me to give that to you as an attachment, love to do it. He tells great stories about gratitude. And he says, uh, I just can't be on the cover. I said, well, you know, Marshall, that, that would have been good to know, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> but we're, I said, you before know, you told everybody that, right. Hey, I'm writing a book with Marshall Goldsmith right. on the cover. <laughs> I'm, I'm close personal friends with, you know, LeBron James or, or not. You know? <laughs> and so, and so I said, listen, Marshall, don't worry about it. Uh, we weren't planning on writing, but let's see what the publishers think. If they're interested, if they're interested, great. If not, look, no harm, no foul. And he was so cute. He said, ah, you guys are the best. You're the best. I said, Marshall, you know, it's a book about gratitude, right? Like, what did you, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? You son of a gun. I can't believe it. <laughs> so, so anyway, we went to the publishers. We had three publishers really engage on it. HarperCollins business really put forth the best plan and we couldn't be more delighted. So we actually dedicated the book to Marshall. And we, how about a, that? I yeah, we it. shot a, a cute, quick video and Marshall said, you know, no one has ever dedicated a book to me. And so this really means a lot to me. And so we, we were delighted to be the first and to pay tribute to really, and, and, and you know Marshall now, just beyond delightful, very yes. giving, and, and really the inspiration behind this book. So long story short, the reason we have it, Marshall's fault. <laughs> Absolutely his fault. I love that story. Thank you for telling me that. I did not know that. That is very cool. And you told me about your co-author because I was going to tell you when I interviewed Marshall a couple of weeks ago, we got into discussion about what makes a person a great coach. You know, what advice would you give? And he gave the advice that you become a great coach by having great clients. Yes. He said, nobody saw him coach. He had a bunch of great clients who went and told people he was a great coach. So he said, you want to be a great coach? Get great clients. And then as we start talking about his books, he says, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, I've written all these books. that They've been bestsellers across the globe. I think his are over 2 million copies. He said, but the secret is I didn't write any of them. He said, I'm a thought leader. But other people wrote the books. And so he told me about Mark Ryder and Sally Hagelson. 
And so I said, well, Marshall, are you telling me that there's a, a another formula that we need to share with listeners? He says, you know, I didn't think about it until you said that. Yes. You want to be a best-selling author? Get a great partner. Get a person who can write. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's exactly right. You know, Adrian's uh, story and how we met is... Uh, we were working for a recognition company at the time, and I was selling, you know, these various recognition programs for years of service and sales and performance and so on. And, and I had embarked on a project with a pharmaceutical company here. And, and I called our CEO at the time, uh, Ken Murdoch, and I said, hey, Ken, listen, I, I've done this project with this consulting firm, and, and they've got a book that outlines their philosophy on how to create a best place to work where you attract and retain great talent. I said, you know, if you're the thought leader in your industry, then people call you. You don't have to cold call. And we've got all this data and all these great customers on how to reward and recognize your employees. If we were to publish and become the thought leaders, that would be a huge advantage for us. And he said, wow, I, that's a great idea. He says, well, you should write the book. And I, I said the same thing. Marshall says, well, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not a writer. And he said something that changed everything. He said, well, you know what, Chester, you're a smart guy. Figure it out. so i played with ideas for you know like a year like titles and chapters and you know clients we'd highlight and so and he called me back and he said hey i really like this idea of a book i've hired a writer his name is adrian gostick introduce yourself at the annual sales meetings and write the book so he facilitated that well turns out adrian although born in england grew up in canada we have that mutual love of hockey right in common and we started the ID8. And a year from when we met, we, we put a book on our CEO's desk called Managing with Carrots. And it was, you know, the case studies of our, our best clients and their best programs and the, and the benefits of all that. And that was the first of what now is Leading with Gratitude is our 12th book. And the, and the progression oh, really? of the whole thing. So again, you're exactly right. Surround yourself with smart people that believe in you and will facilitate, you know, how you can grow and develop. And that's exactly what Kent did. He loved the idea. He found a writer. He put us together. And, you know, we wrote seven books for that, uh, for that company. And, uh, and it was a huge differentiator. Uh, while we were there. So I agree with Marshall 100%. Surround yourself with smart people, which brings me to another famous quote from my father, Dalton Elton, where he'd say, you know, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. And he said, you know, I know you, Chester, I've raised you. Literally, that's not a problem. You can walk into any room and you will not be the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, that's priceless. You never want to be the smartest guy in the room. It's a great quote. I will not repeat the last part. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And by the way, you mentioned earlier that one of the reasons Marshall wanted to partner with you and get your support is because of your strong LinkedIn following. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you are not already following Chester Elton on LinkedIn, please join the other 700,000 people that have because uh, he is quite a resource. You'll learn a lot and uh, just a phenomenal guy. So I'm enjoying talking to the apostle of appreciation, who's also the guru of gratitude, who is releasing the book, Leading with Gratitude. We'll have more from Chester Elton right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. 
Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Whitney Johnson, host of the Disrupt Yourself podcast, and you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with Eddie Turner. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with Chester Elton. Chester is known as the Apostle of Appreciation and the Guru of Gratitude. He's sold over one and a half million books, and we're talking about his new book today, Leading with Gratitude. Now, one of the things I noticed in your book is you address something that we see in our work as coaches. Workers want and need to know that their work is appreciated. Tell us what you explain is the best way for leaders to fill this need. Well, you know, our, our work, and I always say our because Adrian Gosti is, is my partner in crime here, is the research showed us that when we asked leaders, do you think you're above average in giving gratitude, recognition, affirmation, whatever you want to call it? And, you and know, everyone said yes, right? Well, yeah, you know, almost, <laughs> almost 70% said, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm really good at this. And then we asked their direct reports and only 23% agreed, you know. Is, oh, I you wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> so we were really inspired by that to, to write the book on, on gratitude because of that gratitude gap. When we, when we looked at the impact of recognition and appreciation in the workplace, great things happen. You know, people feel validated. Their voices are heard. They give you discretionary effort. They tend to be more innovative because there's that psychological safety in the workplace, you know. And, and I mean, that's not just something that applies to the workplace. It does greatly. It also applies to our personal lives. You know, if you've raised kids or you've been involved in any kind of charitable work, you understand that those affirmations are key to building people up and bringing out the best in people. And what we needed to, go, to, to do was to really knock down the myths around why people don't lead with gratitude, you know? And, and some of them are, are obvious. You know, you have leaders and, and still have leaders out there that believe that fear is the best motivator. You know, we got to put the fear of God into it. Yes. And what was, what was fascinating, Eddie, was that a lot of the leaders that led with fear didn't realize they were leading with fear, right? It wasn't the classic, like, you know, uh, out of Hollywood, the, you know, the, the boss in the smoke-filled room with the big stogies and, you know, we're going to put the fear of God in those people. Well, you know, we just got to light a fire into those boys. Boy, you know, you're going to take some heads off today. No, <laughs> it, it was, I'm a truth sayer. I'm just being honest and open and, and transparent that, you know, if we don't hit these quotas, I don't know if I can guarantee your jobs. You know, and say, well, right. yeah, I guess that is being transparent. It's also scaring the crap out of everybody that works for you, you know. So those kinds of things. Or I don't have time. You know, it's all about getting the work done. Let's just get the work done. We don't have time for the soft stuff. I always love that. You know, they, they see that this leading with gratitude is a soft skill, not a hard skill. And basically, the soft stuff is the hard stuff. And, and as a coach, you know that, right? Exactly. On paper, strategy always works. It's the implementation that gets crazy because you get you've got to engage people and people are complex and they're 
and they're difficult, right? So we, we do, after we knock down the various myths, right? Uh, the younger generation needs too much praise and it doesn't come across as genuine, whatever. We went into saying, oh, okay, so look, how is it done? And this is where we really had a lot of fun. And it was very transformative for us as, as researchers and writers. We got, to, we got to talk to Alan Mulally, the guy who, who turned around for We got to talk to Gary Ridge, one of my favorite leaders, you know, the head of WD-40. I know you've got a can. Right, everybody does, and how he took that company from 280 million to 2.8 billion, and and Hubert Jolie who turned around Best Buy, and on and on, in the for-profit and non-profit. You know Becky Douglas that we talked to, that whose who's charity Rising Star supports all these leper colonies in India, and we talked to them about the power of gratitude, and how it changed everything. You, you, you'll remember you you saw Alan Mulally present his first and most important step in in creating a high performance culture is people love them up i love that you i love that love phrase. Them up. yes i yeah. love that phrase yeah and so we broke it down and said you know the best leaders that had these phenomenal results they 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 were good about seeing what was going on and then expressing their gratitude and the seeing part was so important and we won't go through through everything here they were really good about understanding the jobs of others. They walked in their shoes so as to not make impossible demands, right? They were really good about looking for small wins. You know, so we're just going to celebrate the big win at the end of the year. No, no. they were really good about, let, let, let's have some markers along the way to build that momentum. Soliciting and acting on input, they were very open and honest. My favorite by far is they assumed positive intent. They look for problems, they assume negative intent. And it was Noe, they, they, they passed president and CEO of, of Pepsi when she said, you know, when you assume negative intent, you instill fear in people, right? You're looking for the negative. When you assume positive intent, good things happen all over the place. When you assume negative intent, people are annoying and bringing you problems, you know, and when you assume positive intent, as Hubert Jolie said, you know, look, I may be the most naive person on the planet. He says, look, I just assume that people come to work and they want to do a good job. And in trying to do a good job, they're going to make mistakes. And you yes. know That's okay. We can fix those mistakes. I'm not going to demonize you or villainize you, right? And I'm not going to become the victim. I'm not going to demonize you and I'm not going to become the victim. We're going to see a problem. We're going to solve it. And I'm going to assume that you were just trying to do a good job. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. What you said reminds me of that uh, famous quote that we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions or their behavior. Right, right. So what you said there uh, really blends in really nicely with that and how we should do the opposite. But now we've used the word gratitude several times and many of us may uh, have in mind what it means. But for those who may not really know, it's just a word we use so much Tell, tell us how you define it. You know, gratitude for me is the simple expression of, of the value that someone has brought into your life. It's a, it's a simple thank you. You know, yes. I, I'm grateful for your work. We did an interesting exercise. We ended up not using it in the book. Uh, we asked all these leaders, what do you think the opposite of gratitude is? Because I think, you know, intrinsically we understand being grateful you know, being appreciative is, is, is gratitude. And I'd always say, and you can't say the opposite of gratitude is ingratitude, that, you know, that's too easy. So if I were to ask you, what, do you, what word would you use to, to describe the opposite of gratitude? 
the antithesis or the opposite would be, I'd say two things. Number one, not being thankful, but also lacking a readiness to show it. So even if I am grateful that someone has done something nice for me or given me a nice gift, uh, there's one thing to be grateful for, but there's another to have a readiness to display it. You know, I really like that. Um, you know, as we asked, people came up with a lot of different, you know, uh, answers. One was uh, self-centered, selfish, indifferent was one that I, I thought was kind of interesting. We have uh, Kent Taylor, who was in San Diego with us, who's the founder of Texas Roadhouse Restaurants. You know, they have 600 restaurants worldwide. I remember asking him and he goes- I didn't know they had that many. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. It's a phenomenal success story. Anyway, I'd say, Kent, so what do you think the opposite of gratitude is? He goes, ah, just, I don't know. Maybe just being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> And at any rate, I thought it was phenomenal. The, the, the answer that I liked best, and this is just my personal preference, was entitlement. That if I'm entitled to what you're giving me, why would I be grateful for that? And I thought that was a, a wonderful explanation of the opposite of gratitude. Well, just I know we're going to run out of time, and it's so much fun talking to you. The expressing part of these leaders was really interesting. And that is, is that they would tailor their gratitude to the person. They understood what it was they valued. So when they expressed that gratitude, it was in a way that was meaningful to the recipient. You know, so often we see that miss in leaders. Well, you know, I like champagne. Everybody loves champagne. I'm going to send them champagne. Well, you know, they're, they're Muslims, you know, or they're devout, you know, Baptists. They don't drink alcohol, even though the effort is appreciated. The execution is is lacking, right? Right. right. And uh, and this idea of make sure that it's reinforcing a core value that it's not just general praise. You know, you and I've seen this often where uh, it's a new leader or a leader that's a little full of him or herself, and they come in and they, they're being the big motivator. Hey, great job, Eddie! Great job. You're the best. <laughs> You're number one. You're the Tower of Pisa. You know, and you right. kind of go and why you know give me some specificity exactly and and to do it often uh, this is one that's really interesting we say to leaders uh, don't be afraid give it often right give it now give it often don't be afraid don't be afraid that you're going to miss some stuff you know you will don't be afraid that it's not perfect it won't be just do it do it now because the primacy recency and do it often and they go well what if i do it too often it'll it'll lose its impact you know, it'll become trite. Well, Gallup did this phenomenal study. Do you know how many instances of recognition, you know, personal affirmation in a workday is too much? Tell me. Yeah, 13 is the ideal number. At 13 different instances of recognition, it's still impact. Number 14, it starts to tail off a little bit. Isn't that something? That's a staggering number. Well, I challenge you to ask anybody, when was the last time you had 13 interruptions in your day where your boss just came to say, you know what, Eddie, you're just phenomenal. Just great. <laughs> Seriously, come on over here. We got some cake. We got balloons. I, I can't believe, you know, I've got these two tickets round trip to Hawaii. You should just have them, right? It never happened. Nobody, nobody goes home to their spouse or their partner and says, man, I couldn't get anything done today. Seriously, you're <laughs> on me. Just praise, 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 praise. Yeah. If you look at engagement surveys, and by the way, we have a database of over a million. And you look at those, and everybody's filled one out at some point, right? Do you trust your boss? Will you recommend right. the job to friends of him? Recognition and appreciation almost always ranks near the bottom. So I love talking to leaders about, yeah, you think you can give it too much? I challenge you <laughs> to go out and give somebody too much recognition. It's almost physically impossible. Isn't that well, fascinating? It is very fascinating. And closely related to that, 
You make a statement in your book that I found very intriguing. You explained that studies have shown that gratitude is beneficial for those expressing it, and it is one of the most powerful variables in predicting a person's overall well-being above money, health, and optimism. Tell us more about that. Well, University of California did this fascinating study, and they said when you are happy and engaged and motivated at work, you're 150% more likely to be happy in your personal life. Isn't that fascinating? So when we coach up leaders, and we started to do a lot more executive coaching these days, you say, look, you've got a responsibility over and above the productivity. And that's what we're here for. We want to be productive. We want to be successful. We want to engage our employees. We want to retain our top talent. Absolutely. The ripple effect when you send people home is greater than you think. When you send people home miserable, you're sending them home to make their families miserable. And when you send them home- Yeah, we've all had those jobs where we came home. You know, I had a job at one point where my wife pulled me aside and said, look, you got to stop yelling in the shower. You're freaking out the kids, Mm. (laughs) you know, because we have those conversations. Oh, and I should have said, and when he said this, I should have said that. And and at one point she pulled me aside. We went for a walk and she said, listen, Chess, you're quitting this job. And Mm. I don't know what we're going to do. Here's what I do know. You're not doing this anymore. Is that something? I want my husband back, you wow. know, and, and so, yeah. And, and, and here's the other thing that's really fascinating. Eddie. And it was, it, it, listen, it was, this book for both Adrian and I, it was really life-changing for us. We were big believers in this before writing this book and talking to these leaders. It was transformational because there wasn't one leader that we talked to and we talked to, you know, this all-star lineup. There wasn't one that didn't take it home and didn't apply it deeply in their personal lives. Isn't that refreshing? That is very refreshing. And I've seen some of the events praised for the book. And so there's no wonder uh, that people are having the reaction to it that they are. Well, what I love is at the end of the book, and we talked to our publisher about this. We said, look, you know, we've got all this data and the gratitude gap and the myths and how you do it, you know, seeing and expressing. We've got a section we, we, you know, we feel pretty strongly about. You're the publisher, you know, we'll defer to you take it home, you know, tips on, on how to engage your friends and family. And they said, absolutely. It was great. That makes it more than a business book. You know, it makes it, you know, a philosophy of life. And so Dave Kirpin, one of our friends who's got this brilliant marketing company in, in, in Manhattan, he said, you know, I was hearing all this stuff about gratitude. And I thought, well, I need to bring it home. He says, and we got two kids. We try to eat dinner together as often as we can. And it was typical, you know, the kids, we'd say, how's your day? Fine. What'd you learn at school? Nothing. <laughs> it's just the kids. So he said, we changed it up where at the dinner table, you have to answer three questions. What was the best part of your day? Who are you grateful for that's not at the table? And who are you grateful for at the table who hasn't been thanked yet? Hmm. I like and those. He, isn't it brilliant? And he said, it changes the tone of everything. It's just, and, and he says, our kids at first were skeptical. Now they're totally into it. And he said, you know what? Now when they bring friends to dinner, they go, hey, it, heads up. You're going to have to answer three questions. You know, make sure, <laughs> make sure you know what you're doing. And it's just so sweet. We, we, we have uh, a lot of research around gratitude journals. Have you, ever, have you ever kept a gratitude journal? Are you familiar with those at all? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Write down three things at the end of the day that you're grateful for. 
and just write it down and end your day. And again, studies have shown that you sleep better. You have a better attitude towards relationships and deepening relationships, blood pressure. I mean, phenomenal results. And so my wife and I, I, I keep a gratitude journal. Every morning I do it actually. And at the end of every day, because I travel quite a bit, my wife and I end the day with a conversation and she says, what are your three? And we talk about three things that we're grateful for, three things she's grateful for. And it's just such a lovely way to end the day. And then we're very, we're a very faith-based family. And she added something that I just love. And she says, well, those are great. Those are three things you're grateful for. And where did you see the hand of God in your day today? Mm. And wow. it's just, yeah, yeah, you know, that's why you, I seriously I'm married way above my station. She's phenomenal. <laughs> and I like it, that. That's yeah, a great it, way to end the day as a family. Yeah, it brings that spiritual thing. So lots of fun best practices. Those are those are two of my favorites. And uh, you know, our, our mission really is: do we want to create more engaged and 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 productive workplaces? Absolutely. Above and beyond all of that, what we want is we want happy people at work to be happy with their families, to really enjoy and and live lives of gratitude. Because as you know, and you cited it. Not just the people that receive your gratitude do they benefit, you benefit. It makes mm. you feel better. Yes. You know, it's, it's what your parents taught you when you were five years old. It's always better to give than to receive. Why? Because when you give, you always receive. And I yes. love that philosophy. Words spoken from the gospel indeed. Can I get an amen, Eddie? Can I get an <laughs> <laughs> This is the apostle of appreciation asking for an affirmation from the congregation. <laughs> I love it. Justin, I could talk to you for hours. But that was a nice way of summarizing our, uh, our conversation that we've had here today. Uh, this is the Keep Leading Podcast, and I always love it when, in addition to the great content a guest has provided, if you can give us a simple quote that helps us keep leading. Yeah, you know, there are lots of quotes, and I've got a lot of them in and around uh, my office. One that I love, I actually lived in Italy for a couple of years and just loved Italian culture and art and the food was phenomenal. And I've got a quote from Michelangelo. It's in, it's in Latin, ancora imparo, which means I am still learning. And I think that when you dedicate your life to being uh, a perpetual learner, that that's a very rich life. And it's a great reminder that there's always more to learn and more things to do. I like that. And Cora Imparo, I am still learning. Yeah. Nice, nice. The other one, by the way, and I'll give you one other one that I have in my office from Mother Teresa. And it's about service because I really believe, you know, that that we are, are called to live good lives, you know, and to be honest and upright. And, you know, whether you're of whatever faith, you know, in my faith, it's to live a more Christ-like life. And then we're commanded to, to love our neighbors and to love our enemies. And thirdly, we're commissioned to serve. And I love this, this quote from Mother Teresa. She says, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. Nice. Yeah, let's let's get to work. Let's nice. go out and you know make a difference. Well, Chester, tell us where we can learn more about you. So my mobile number is <laughs> 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 text me, call me. It's on all the time. Yeah. Um, we have a wonderful website, uh, thecultureworks.com. And that's where you can find our, our training, a lot of the things we publish. You mentioned follow us on LinkedIn. We've got a wonderful following there. For Leading with Gratitude, we have a wonderful website, Leading with Gratitude book 
www.thepeopleshow.com. We've got some really fun interviews that we did with the people that are in the book, the research. Uh, if you buy a book, we can give you all, all kinds of fun stuff to go along with that. Uh, we've spent a lot of time and treasure making that really, really engaging. So if you're a student of leadership, uh, as you and I are, and you're looking for those kinds of things to, to lead better, to, to not just have a, a better place to work, to, to really enrich your life, leadingwithgratitudebook.com is a great place to start. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. We'll be sure to put all of this into the show notes so that folks can access this from the keepleadingpodcast.com website. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Keep Leading Podcast. Hey, listen, thanks for having me as a guest. You know, it's not every day that you get to talk to the one, the only, Eddie Turner. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you're the best. Thank you, Chester. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So, whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.